Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter, which features upcoming episode information, behind the scenes articles, and other fun articles and information. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hello, everybody. Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and I am with fellow geocacher Scott Miller. Scott has been with us once before, uh, refreshing the game board, episode nine of season two. Thank you so much for joining us again, Scott. Oh, my goodness. It's my pleasure, Amy. Thank you for <laughs> inviting me. I'm super excited to be talking about what we're going to talk about today. I am too. I'm looking forward to this. So, to start off, I normally ask everybody how they got started geocaching, but you have told us that story before, so I'm going to encourage listeners to go listen to that back in episode nine, but one thing that I did not ask you last time is what is your geocaching name? Uh, geocaching name is, G it looks like GSM X2, but it's actually GSM times two, times uh, two. because okay. my wife and I have the same initials. Oh, hey, there you go. Nice. Have your stats changed at all since you've joined us last? It did. <laughs> Yesterday, <laughs> I climbed up a pile of scree that they uh, call Magoo Rock and got a geocache up there that's been sitting there since before I started geocaching uh, in 2004. And it's been taunting me. Um, and I got up there yesterday with my friend Share Bear 64 to claim, and after a 25 minute search, <laughs> got to claim find number 25,000. Oh, congratulations. Thank you very much. It was a very satisfying experience. Sounds like it. Nice. Wow. Sounds kind of like an epic find for 25,000 right there. Epic is exactly the word I use. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Okay, so today you're going to tell us about the the fairly new, to my understanding, fairly new Historic Route 66 Adventure Lab series that you have had a hand in helping build along with some other geocachers. So for starters, for anybody who may not be familiar with an Adventure Lab, can you kind of just give us a brief description of what that is? Um, an, an Adventure Lab and I'm going to kind of use the new updated uh, wording that GCHQ is using. Adventure Lab is the app that people use to play adventures. Adventures are a extension of geocaching um, where people are given a certain amount, very rare to actually have them, and they can go out and it's kind of like I equated to linking five or ten um virtuals together so you'll go out if there's geofencing in place so you go out location-based you get to an area and you ask a question about the area or something along those lines and you just do this and every time you get to a different location um you get a you get credit for uh you get a smiley you get a smiley so depending on the number of points and the adventure, location. you can Let's get five to 10 fines per an adventure. Yes, you do. So what is the historic Route 66 series that I keep seeing all over Facebook? Uh, and, and actually goes through your state. It does. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have put together uh, 93 different adventures extending the entire length of historic Route 66. And uh, that's 2,448 miles from Chicago to Santa Monica, California. And uh, it's been an exciting adventure. So do you have one in Chicago and one in Santa Monica? We have, they are the entire length. Yes, the entire length. Chicago and they end the last one ends at the Santa Monica Pier. So 93 all across historic Route 66 from Chicago to Santa Monica. 
how did this come about? Like where, who came up with this idea? Well, I'm going to give credit to KC11, uh, who is out of Chicago. And he originally had the idea to, he had these friends who had adventure credits available and didn't know what to use, where to use them. So he thought, hey, let's go ahead and link the Lincoln Highway, which is the first designated route across America. Mm -hmm. Let's link the Lincoln Highway through Illinois from one end to the other. And as he got, was planning to do that, some people from Indiana got into it and uh, said, hey, can we join? Because the highway actually goes all the way from New York to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, uh, Gear Guru over at GCHQ got wind of it and got in touch with KC11 and said, hey, we'd be interested in supporting this and it just grew and suddenly now the Lincoln Highway has adventures all the way from New York to San Francisco. And that's, that's the root of it. That's the start of it because I got one of those adventures uh, up in Nevada, so 400 miles away from where I live, <laughs> which is kind of the cool thing about adventures. You don't have to be within 100 miles to set one. So I set mine and created mine. And then as I'm coming back down to, uh, to Southern California, I'm doing all of the Lincoln Highway ones that I can do. And I get done and I'm like, gosh, somebody should do this on Route 66. And as I'm driving home, I keep thinking someone should do this on Route 66. And about 60 miles from home, I just convinced myself that, Scott, you should do this on Route 66 because <laughs> Route 66 is such a great story. I mean, it goes back to Steinbeck, uh, Grapes of Wrath, um, and up to Cars. <laughs> 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 and Cars is really kind of a, a real distinction and accurate of what happened to Route 66. Yeah, that's uh, so that's so I emailed Gear Guru and I said, uh, you know, kind of tongue in cheek. I said, hey, no, not tongue in cheek. I emailed, I emailed him and said, has anybody contacted you about doing this on Route 66? And would GCHQ be interested? Asking for a friend. And he replied the next day, tell your friend that nobody has, and yes, we are. And, uh, and that was uh, in early March. And uh, by early April, I was contacting people and requesting adventure credits. That's pretty cool. So how many geocachers are involved in setting up 93 adventures? Uh, we're going to have 87. 87, wow. Yeah, 87. Um, I, I, recruit, I had the idea, uh, Casey 11, he, he organized the whole thing. I uh, didn't want to be contacting all those geocachers. So I came up with the idea of having state coordinators. So I contacted wow. people and it passes through eight states. So I have eight state coordinators and they were, you know, the conduit between the ideas and the execution. And uh, they went out and they divided their state into sections and then recruited um, reliable and task oriented <laughs> to, to fill those and uh, reliable and task, uh, and task oriented. I use that dozens of times because we wanted to get this done by July 31st. So you started this like March of this year and in three or so months time, you guys have put together 93 adventures across from Chicago all the way across Route 66 to Santa Monica. We're getting close to, we're getting close to being done with that. Uh, okay. The original goal was to have 50% of them done by uh, June 15th. We had 88% of them done by June 15th. And now we're just picking up the very last. And then we actually, uh, we originally only had 89. <laughs> 
but in the last week we've added four. So uh, yeah, so uh, today we have 83 of 93 are done. That is very impressive. And I applaud all 87 of you working on this because this is no small feat to create a it series absolutely this large. Isn't. And, you know, I, I feel that I've, uh, that I've assembled a team of all-stars and there's not one all-star ego in that entire team. They've worked together. Uh, we have a little Facebook group. We share information. It's, it's just been a super positive experience, geocaching experience. That's amazing. So as you said, to set up an adventure, you have to have a credit from HQ to do this. So did people happen to just have credits lying around or did you guys have to go through and request say, hey, Groundspeak, I have three credits, I need 90 more. <laughs> how, how did that go? Like, how, did, how does that go about? Um, not quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Giguru said, if, you know, we are interested in this, uh, give me a list or give me names. And if the people have a five location credit, we are going to convert that over to a 10 location credit because okay. GSU does not want a bunch of credits out there not being used. Right. So if somebody had one, they got it converted to a 10. If they didn't have a credit at the time, they got a 10. And they had to use that 10 on this project. And okay. that's what they've been doing. So every one of the adventures has up to 10 locations possible. Up to, up to 10 locations. There were, in fact, six um, Route 66 adventures already pre-existing on, uh, on Route 66. So we identified those, sent a uh, message to each of the owners and said, would you be interested in joining this effort? Um, two of them said, no, I'm perfectly happy with my own little uh, adventure. And then the other four did. And then as people are creating adventures, you know, we want to make sure that they are interesting places that they're taking people to. So if a person couldn't find 10, that's fine. You know, we've had, we've had a few, I think we have one that's actually five and a couple that are seven or eight or nine. But most of, most of them were able to find 10 interesting locations. So did you, did the state coordinators and you all get together and say, hey, we kind of went like a theme across Route 66? Or did, was it sort of just a free-for-all and let each geocacher decide what they wanted? Or was there some sort of approval process for that? Or how do you guys organize all this? Uh, great question. And the answer is, Really, we don't have, the theme is Route 66. Route 66, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> That's the theme. Um, and we just left it up to the individuals to find things that were interesting. And, uh, and there's, no, there's no lack of interesting things on Route 66. Um, you know, I, I'm going to ask you, Amy, have you done any of them yet? I have not. <laughs> okay. I have not. It is almost the end of June as we record this, and I have not gotten one single geocache in the month of June right now. The, I haven't been geocaching since MOGA, unfortunately, but it's, it's on my list. <laughs> it's on my ever-increasing to-do list. <laughs> so how far are you from any of the adventures? I, I looked, uh, to be honest, I looked at it before, and I... Do not remember. <laughs> I think there's a couple, like not right near me, but I think there's some within a, a few hours or a day trip or so. Okay. Well, hopefully, you know, and, and I have to, I, I know that you, like I, have a muggle husband. Or, <laughs> I do me. have a, you have a muggle I have husband. a muggle spouse. <laughs> I have a muggle spouse also. My muggle spouse has so, become so interested in this that she is saying we have to do some of this. So at some point after the desert cools down a bit, we are going to go out and we're going to do all of them in Arizona and all of them in, uh, in New Mexico. Oh, that's so awesome. I think, you're, 
I think your muggle spouse may be interested. If he likes history, if he likes traveling, uh, and there's no, you know, there's not necessarily finding geocaches, he might be, he might be interested in this. You guys had a good trip out to Moga. Yeah. Did a bunch of uh, other interesting things. Um, he, uh, you might get him in on this one. He's usually a bit more apt to do something like a virtual or an adventure lab because it, it takes us to a place versus just going to find a pill bottle or a Tupperware container and some brush. And, and, a lot, and you learn a lot of things. I think that's been one of the great joys for the, for the creators is doing the research and just yeah. finding out what's out there and what's the history of, you know, what's the history of that building? What's the history of that hotel? How is that business still in business? Well, that business is out of business. And uh, yeah, I, the research has been the part that's been enjoyable for me. And, and I've had a chance, I'm, I'm not, I'm just reviewing, I'm not certainly not uh, dictating, but I, I am getting a chance to read every single one of these adventures and it is interesting. Wow. Is, is there anything in particular that you've learned when reviewing all these that really popped out, that's really stood out like, wow, this is mind blowing? Um, a history of a cave that's in New Mexico in which, uh, there was an, in, uh, and I don't remember the specifics and I wish I could bring it up really quickly, but basically the Indians escaped into the cave. One tribe escaped into the cave. The other tribe started a fire at the start, at the opening of the cave and it essentially extinguished everybody who was in there. Oh my goodness. So, uh, yeah, I mean, was, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, and you know, the Harvey houses and just all, all the places that, uh, that you're going to find on the way, on the way there. All kinds of amazing stuff on Route 60. It's, it's kind of like one of the most well hidden histories, but it's also just sort of right there in front of everybody, but it's just traveling it to find it all is kind of really the big part for people, I think. You know, and it really is, and it's not just us. I've, uh, you know, we're sharing information, and one of the pieces that of information that uh, Yosemite Debbie shared with us was this Facebook group um, of Historic Route 66, and there are 13,000 members in that group, and every day, at least a dozen posts of people who are taking that trip, posting their pictures. People who are asking questions, sharing information, people from around the world who are planning to ride, to drive Route 66, all of it or part of it. That's and, pretty neat. And now geocachers have a resource of places to go visit that we're trying to actually, we're trying to get it into these people's hands um, because I think they would find it really beneficial. That's pretty awesome. It is. Other than Groundspeak, have you guys coordinated with any other associations or any other, like some of the travel centers or anything like that along the route? Um, we, ha we have. We uh, have. Yosemite Debbie made uh, contact with uh, the Mojave group uh, that's out there, and, and we have made some, some contact. I'm, I'm really hoping that we can make more. You know, if we had a threefold pamphlet that we could take into the visitor centers that would explain, you know, what an adventure is, what the app is, how to load it, how to use it, that would be very beneficial for us. That doesn't exist right now. Um, when it does, it'll be spectacular. Um, I was out last week with a friend who was doing one um, out in the Mojave Desert, and we were just checking on the locations. And you know, I was kind of beta testing it without it actually being inactive, without it being active right now. Okay. As we're doing that, <laughs> we stop for lunch, run into two people who are 
who are saying, hey, we're doing this and, and there's a roadblock there and we can't get by. We keep coming here and we can't get by. And I was able to say, no, actually Route 66, go under the freeway, turn left after the entrance and Route 66, you can take it all the way. There's no interruptions between here and Santa Monica. And that was, that was cool. Ran into another at, a, at uh, the Baghdad uh, Inn, uh, which is an iconic uh, place for French people because there's a French, uh, or from people from Europe, because there's a restaurant featured in, uh, in one of the very popular movies and people s stop there all the time. And there were three, three families all related in three different cars and that's what they were doing. They were traveling Route 66. And in, in the next three days, they were gonna finish the 160 miles or whatever it was gonna wow. take for them to finish. And, and I would have loved to have handed them a, three, a three-fold brochure because it's a little hard for me to explain the whole process. Yeah. You know, in a, in a, in an elevator talk, I can't do it in an elevator talk without a three uh, a little brochure. So, hopefully, hopefully we're working on it. I hope it gets to that point because this, it's such a neat uh, Route sixty six in itself is just neat historically, and then you add this aspect to it that just brings out so much more of the history in it. And it's just a really neat combination. I really hope you guys can get to that point where we start seeing this little pamphlet and visitor centers and, and different places to talk about the Route 66 adventures. That would be pretty amazing. It really would because it's much more, you know, you get a little plaque and there's a little information about some place. But we, have, we as uh, adventure creators have 1,024 characters to 100 words to give more information than there might be on a little plaque. Yeah, it's definitely, it, it's a fun way to find new places and it's a fun way to learn about history or share history with family and kids and keep them, you know, kids these days are so much about wanting to be on a screen and trying to drag them out someplace. Here, take the phone, read where the next point we have to go to is, read what this is. And it kind of, it gives them that screen that they're craving with getting them into a family situation and, and learning and just, it's a great way to, to just mold it all together and tie a pretty little bow on the top of it. <laughs> I had not even thought of that, <laughs> and you are so correct. Oh, but even my my son, who's almost seven now, we if I'm like, oh, let's go find a geocache, he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, here, you can navigate, and I give him the phone, and then all of a sudden, he's he's hooked. He's like, yeah, let's go find it. We have to and because he gets to give the directions, he gets to tell us what to do, he gets to have the phone, and where do we go, and that just adds a whole different level of fun for him. So I imagine even with the Adventure Labs, especially a little bit older kid, here you go. You get to direct the family where we're going and you know what's the next point, what do we need to do here? And it gives them some control over the family adventure. Very much. And then I can also see him handing, you know, handing the phone to dad who can now read the description, mm -hmm. hand the phone back to uh, your son, waiting for that answer to pop up, you know, for them to enter the geofencing and get that question. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's gonna work for you, Mike, my friend. I, yeah, I think so. I think it's a, it's a great way for, for everybody to just engage differently or even just hand it to the muggle. Get the muggle involved. Here, honey, mm -hmm. where do we go next? Right. Force him yeah. to do something or her to do something. <laughs> yeah. Might mean you have to drive. but uh... Might mean I have to drive. <laughs> so a lot of these adventures that we're starting to see here lately are starting to have these bonus caches associated with them. Do any of the ones in the Route 66 series have bonus caches that you're aware of? 
they do. Let me and let me talk about two unique things about the uh, about the Route 66 ones. One, um, and this have one, they have to be non-sequential. We have to be able to do this whether we're traveling east to west or west to east. We want these non non-sequential. Then, and I learned this uh, doing the uh, Lincoln Highway series. <laughs> Lincoln <laughs> Highway series. There's 10 locations. I'm collecting a number of every one of those locations to get the final coordinates. And when I get the final coordinates and I punch them into my GPS, it's 32 miles behind me. Oh. So, I, so one of the stipulations that I put in place was the bonus cash coordinates have to be found in one or two places. And the bonus cash has to be within two miles of that place. So uh, that's those are the two things, and that's how we handled the bonus. It looks like about half of them are getting bonus caches. Again, a lot of people they they don't live. It's not in their neighborhood, right? And they don't want to have to maintain a bonus cash, and. Uh, or would they even be eligible to maintain a bonus cache because the cache is more than 100 miles away from their home? Uh, but some of them, and, I, and the one that I was able to do uh, out towards Needles, um, I ran into, I made contact with a museum that's there, a, kind of a, an old schoolhouse that's being preserved with a lot of other things uh, at Goff's, and they agreed to maintain my bonus cash. So oh, I, nice. yeah, so I have a, a ammo can right next to their, uh, right on their property or right outside their property. And it's, it's really cool. Nice. And I like that you were able to carry over lessons learned from the Lincoln Highway series to incorporate into your series. That's, that's yeah. a pretty neat way to do it. It really is. And, uh, you know, and there are other series that are coming out. <laughs> and I am more than happy to share anything and everything that I've learned to help these new series come out. There's one I was just contacted a few days ago about somebody who wants to do one, and I know it goes to Tennessee, plus another couple of other states. And I gave him everything that I could possibly give him. Uh, there is one up in Canada that's doing the Trans-Canadian Trans Highway. Oh. And I absolutely am wide open to share anything that I could learn and then asking them, and anything you learn, share with me because um, I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not done with a 66, almost done, but I'm just starting up California Highway 1. Uh, which is another iconic, beautiful highway. Nice. Yeah. So let's stick with Route 66. And you can interview me after. You know, so, after yeah, when that one I comes will, out, you let me know. <laughs> I will do that. So far, we only have like seven of the 53 are public already. Got a little work to go on that one. <laughs> so with the changes that Groundspeak has made, to allowing us to see the Adventure Lab pins in the geocaching app, have you noticed an increase in people finding these Adventure Lab caches or Adventure caches, I should say? You know, as the organizer, I don't have uh, I don't have access to that kind of information. Um, you know, I could go through and and see, you know, click on them and look and see what the activity is. I will tell you that ground uh, uh, gear guru has told me that they're seeing that there's a lot of activity on these adventures and there's a lot of positive feedback on these adventures. So uh, ground speak or uh, GCHQ continues to be very enthusiastic about these. That's great. And, and that's because, well, you know, one of the things that, that uh, GCHQ is trying to do is trying to spread adventures around and not have them just confined to one little area. 
and something like the Lincoln Highway and Route 66 do that beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you look at Utah, there's not a lot of adventure. Or it's, I'm sorry, um, Nevada. If you look, there's there's a lot of adventure down in Las Vegas. There's mm -hmm. not a lot in the uh, in the outlying areas, but follow the Lincoln Highway, and there's I believe seven or seven or eight of them associated with the Lincoln Highway. So, so and it's kind of the same thing here is uh, you know we are if you look at the map and what people want to do is go to Route sixty six GC dot org. And we have a map up there that shows where all the adventures are at all the locations. So that's easy to remember, Route 66, GC, like in geocaching, and .org, like it's an orgasmic experience. You look at <laughs> the and realize, wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> and we will link to that in the show notes to make it easier for listeners to go check out. Thank you very much. And I can't help but notice the awesome Route 66 t-shirt that you have on. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, this, this is this is our logo, and uh, and it's and that's one of the requirements was uh, you know to join this to be part of this uh, series. Your adventure has to have certain uh, branding, and this logo, which was uh, created by uh, Scott Burks. Um, up in Chicago of uh, the of uh, uh, I'm going blank right now. <laughs> what, what's his podcast? It's uh, uh, the Geocaching Podcast. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, yeah, the Geocaching Podcast. So Scott Scott Burks uh, is uh, has designed this. Uh, his wife uh, Shorty Nitz is uh, the Illinois. Um, state coordinator so oh, uh nice. yeah yeah so and, and these can be purchased uh by going to that website <laughs> that was going to be my next question are they available or were they like just for you select few curating it but that's awesome so anybody they interested, are available can check it out. and they're available in styles and sizes and and you know at different price points so uh yeah so when you Next time I see you, <laughs> you're going to have to be wearing one of the t-shirts and you're going to tell me how much you and your muggle spouse and your geocaching uh, resistant uh, son <laughs> have enjoyed Route 66. I, I will get on to figuring out what the closest Route 66 adventure lab is for us to go check out because it does sound just in general, it sounds like an amazing series. For something to go so far across the country, I mean, really, from Chicago all the way, just Illinois to California, that's half the country. Maybe, you know, just maybe even a bit more by landmass. It's That's a very impressive stint of to coordinate anything across. Well, let's give credit to KC11, who did it from, Chicago, from uh, New York. To San Francisco, which is That's, the entire that country. is super impressive across the and entire country. The is Canadian Highway is longer than that, and they're working on that one. I applaud you all across all these series and all the geocachers that have helped create them all because that is an immense amount of work. To it's one thing to say, you know what would be neat if we had geocaches all the way across the country or halfway across or wherever in a series. That would be neat. It's a whole nother thing to start going, how do I make that happen? Yeah. yeah. And for you all to take the initiative to make it happen and then for all the people that agreed to help make it happen, that is a very huge undergoing. And I commend all of you for doing it. Thank, thank you very much. It's been, a, it's been our pleasure. I will speak for all of us. It's been our pleasure. Well, I hope it has been because otherwise we probably wouldn't be getting too many more of these popping up. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else about the series that we haven't touched base on that you'd like 
to share with us? The joy, well, going back to this Facebook group, Historic uh, Route 66, just seeing the joy that people are having reliving a part of America um, that virtually has disappeared uh, with the interstate. You know, traveling the interstate, you're just traveling. Traveling, and, I, and I'm old enough <laughs> to have traveled across this country pre-interstate uh, where my dad was driving, my sister or I had the map on our lap folded out and we're searching for the next, you know, US 40 or US 66 as you go through these towns because those uh, were actually routed not for fast travel, but to take you through the town slowly so you would stop and have and you know have businesses and get service um this route that uh this the other day when bert and i went out to do his we then wound up doing two other adventures and on one of them i would just say that that road right now is pretty much abandoned and yet we were going by hotels that used to exist gas stations that used to exist uh, post offices that used to exist that just disappeared because people are now on the interstates traveling, you know, 65 to 75 miles an hour, missing all the land that is in between and to get off of the interstate and do Route 66 or any of these others is just a throwback in time that really felt great for me because it took me back to my childhood. That's pretty awesome. It is. And especially when you're at the, some of the segments where you can just, you're traveling this highway by yourself and you look over and there's on, you know, thousands of cars traveling by. And uh, yeah, so that's, and that's the allure. Now, <laughs> I guess I will also have to say part of the allure is that you're alone on these highways. When pre-interstate, all those trucks, all those cars, they were on the same high, the same two-lane road as you were. So it wasn't even, it's much romantic now than it was <laughs> back then when you were following everybody. I mean, you're bumper to bumper on a two-lane highway across the country, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that, so that just makes it all the more special. It does. It does. It's, it's amazing, just in general, how much culture and history we pass up traveling by just taking the shortest route. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, and I just uh, read that there's now a uh, there's now a bill in con going through Congress to try and recognize Route 66 as and and get money into Route 66 to keep it maintained to keep it active to make those parts of history continue to last. Um, you know, I don't know if you want people to know what date this is reported, but this is actually reported the day after Route 66 was decertified um, in 1985. Wow. June 27th, 1985, they decertified it, said that's no longer a US highway, uh, remove all the signs. <laughs> and, and, but it's through the efforts of many states and actually the National Park Service too, who is keeping the historic Route 66 active, 85% of Route 66 can still be traveled. Wow. Yeah. 36 years after it's been decommissioned, it's still there and parts of it are still trying to thrive. That's and pretty parts impressive. parts of it are actually starting to improve and come back into business. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for telling us about all this. This has been so much fun hearing this. I've I've seen it pop up so many times on Facebook and I've looked at the website. It's just like, I've got to learn more about this. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Cause I, I have to admit I was oblivious until you reached out and said, Hey, have you heard about this? 
And when I started looking into it, I'm like, this is awesome. And, and here we are on Zoom. Nobody else can see this, but we both have huge smiles on our faces. <laughs> and we can just see the enthusiasm that both of us have for this, uh, for this project. Yes, this, this is an amazing project. And I wish you all the best with it. And I hope it continues to get a lot of activity and great reviews. And I'm excited to hear that there's other people working on other series. And even in, in other countries, even in Canada, there's series sp spawning from this type of activity. And I know it's not the original one. It's, you know, my understanding is this is kind of like the second big series like this. So to see it continue to grow and more series come about and find more different, it, I just love it. Like, it's like hidden history, but it's really not hidden. It's just nobody knows to take a left instead of a right. Yep. So it's, it's there for you to find. It, that's what I love about geocaching is how it helps you find new places that you didn't know were right under your nose. And that's, this is a perfect example of of that so that's that's pretty yeah <laughs> i think it's I, awesome <laughs> i absolutely agree you have hit the nail right on the head lady. it's it's very cool warning this part of the show contains spoilers for the cash that is about to be discussed so you're gonna have to remind me did you send it's it's been a crazy week did you send me a cash for a cash highlight <laughs> I did not, but okay. I have one in mind. You have um, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to have to give me just a second to uh, get to it. I can, I can do that. <laughs> like, oh. The cache is called Route 66 Adventure Needles to Geoffs Bonus Cache. Cache code GC995KP. Difficulty rating 1.5. Terrain Rating 1.5 The description reads, I want to thank the Mojave Desert Heritage and Cultural Association for allowing me to place this geocache here and for agreeing to maintain it for me. Without their gracious assistance, the bonus cache would not have been possible. This is the bonus cache for the historic Route 66 Adventure Needles to Geoffs, California. The geocache is in plain sight. It is not necessary to enter the property to retrieve the geocache. There are two ways to get this cache. The first is to visit these three locations of the Adventure Lab in any order. One, Scott's Two Stamps Miller to get the latitude. Two, Route 66 building to get the longitude. Three, Geoff Cemetery to get the combination to the lock. It is less than a mile drive from Geoff Cemetery to Stout's Two Stamp Mill. The geocache is between the two. If you are opposed to doing Adventure Labs, then you may go to the posted coordinates. Find the answer to this question and enter it into certitudes. This will give you the coordinates to the final. What is the last word written on Jean Lewis Ford's gravestone? If you have not done the Adventure Lab, you will need the combination to the lock. It is one of these 10 words. Book, dial, junk, lock, mile, nine, pins, rest, stay, tick. Hint, do the Adventure Lab and get four smileys instead of one. So the one that I would like to share is the Adventure Lab uh, at Goff's that is related to um, my adventure, which runs from Needles to Goff's. And, nice. uh, and this is at a schoolhouse that was historic, but they have expanded it to be a museum where they have records, they have old buildings, and uh, and in part of um, getting ready to make an adventure, I made contact with their executive director uh, and got a tour and, uh, and said, could I put a bonus cash here? And she said, yes. <laughs> and I showed her the ammo can and I showed her where I wanted to put it. And she said, yes. And uh, so we have uh, right next to a very appropriate uh, plaque, which I'm not going to describe, an ammo can sitting there. And it has a padlock on it. And it's going to be a great place to put travel bugs. 
and kind of a nice thing is you if you don't want to do adventures you don't have to do adventures there's a cemetery nearby and you could do it kind of as a multi where you go to the cemetery gather some information and that information will also lead you to the final coordinates oh so it's sort of a two different options for the same cache there's two different options for the same cache of course you can only claim the cache once but uh yeah but it's exciting that's cool so, so it's an is the ammo can just sitting there like just just right there next to a plaque like not hidden at all or like they they it's not hidden at all wow. uh, actually they were going to mount it on a post they i don't think they've done it yet but it's basically just sitting there uh yeah wide open and uh you know it has this is a geocache and uh i don't think there's a lot of theft and offs and so right now i feel it's uh pretty secure if they would mount it on a post i'd feel really great about that but uh yeah it's there. So it, is there like a leash on it? Did you like chain it up or is it, it's just, it's just there? It's just there. Wow. Yep. Yep. Part, parts of this country still have, uh, you can do those kind of things. Nice. So you said there was a padlock on it. So do you have to get like the combination of the lock to open it? Is that part of it? Or? You do have to get a combination and that's, okay. that's, just, I think that's actually right on the cache page. Oh, okay. So it's, so it's just a not matter of quite so sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> no. You just have to actually read the description. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, and I'll tell you, I, I wish, I hope that more geocachers get used to taking the time, reading the descriptions when they're doing adventures, you know, instead of just following the aerial and waiting for the answer to pop up, there is so much information in those descriptions that people have, have researched and written up and tried to make interesting. Uh, read them, read them. That's the one thing that I would encourage. I have actually had to discipline myself to get out of my geocaching mode and into my hey somebody took a lot of time to do this let's let's reward them for the effort that they put into it yeah it's easy to just kind of be about getting the smiley and completing the find and man that's a lot of words do i really want to read through it all but a, a lot of work like you said has gone into putting that together and more often than not you're going to learn something or find something interesting in that description and all those words that somebody had to type up so it really is worth taking the time to read it if we can just change our mindset just a little bit oh exactly you know some of the i you were, i was hoping or i wasn't hoping i was prepared if you asked how long does it take to do these i would say <laughs> it takes hours <laughs> you know as far as depends on how time, how quick of a reader you are <laughs> 28, you know, it's going to take you uh, 45 minutes to drive and then do this. You could probably do this in an hour and a half. I hope you take hours to do this. Stop off these places that are open. It is kind of like cars. Oh, there's a car here. They want to talk. They are anxious to talk. They want to show their pride in what they're doing to keep this active and this piece of American history going. So, yeah, when Bert and I did our two adventures um we probably spent three and a half hours doing one of them wow yeah that's pretty so, cool yeah, it's very cool and for the record this is no way in part sponsored by pixar or the movie cars although it is a really good movie <laughs> if you ask me so yes it is not sponsored by cars <laughs> but, but doing this is the reason i watched it for the first time <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> well amy thank you very much for uh everything that you're doing you have a fabulous podcast um i look forward every two weeks to hearing it come out uh whether you're doing your interviews or whether you're you know telling about your trip to moga um you do a great job thank oh. you 
Well, thank you. I, I greatly do appreciate that. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to tell us all about this. It has been so much fun. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and photos, all sent in by geocachers like you. In fact, some of the guests that you've heard on this show have submitted articles to Geocacher Magazine. They have all kinds of neat stuff and publish achievements that are sent in by geocachers. So if you have an achievement you want to celebrate, send it in and they will add it to the magazine. It is really cool. I recommend it. I subscribe to it myself and I love it. Go check it out at ftfgeo.com. That's ftfgeo.com. And let them know Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a topic you'd like to hear more about? Let me know at geocacheadventures.org. Go over to the contact page and you can send me a message there. It has the podcast email that you can email me to. Or you can reach out to shadowdragon1 on geocaching.com. geocacheadventures.org also has a store page now. You can go over there geocacheadventures.org and click on the store page in the menu bar and check it out. Got some great stuff over there for you.